0: And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION at the checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today, you'll get 40% off. Use the promo code Nation. Go to trymiracle.com slash FAKETHENATION. And Miracle so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30 day money back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied, which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.comslash fake the nation and use the code fake the nation to claim your free three piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com fake the nation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this. Episode. This
1: is a headgum podcast.
0: Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation presenting Succession Recaps. I'm your host, Nikhil Farsad, and we are dissecting HBO's hit series Succession. We're also selling mausoleums for the bargain basement price of $5 million. Hit me up if you're interested. And so, today we will tackle season four, episode nine, titled Church and State. Don't be confused, this is still the FTN feed, and you will get your regular episode of Fake the Nation on Thursdays. But for today and for the coming Monday, we will be doing this bonus Succession Recap Pod. The panel today is as impressive as the condolence line at Logan Roy's funeral. We have joining us the artist, the filmmaker, our resident Uber wealth expert, and she who is the corpuscules
1: of life. It is Danielle Derschlag. Hey, Danielle. Could I ask for a better introduction or day to talk about the Roy's? (laughs) Thank you so much for having me.
0: Um, Also joining Us today oh my gosh I'm so Excited for this next panelist she's Been on fake the nation before she is One of the most excellent of Actors you've seen her in so very Very many things not the least among them The CW series legends of tomorrow Which by the way I was with her one Day when a Legends of tomorrow Fan stopped her on the street To get a selfie it was one of Those cute moments Um, And right now (laughs) (laughs) And right now she is doing a play called Deep Blue Sound at the Clubbed Thumb Theater and uh, she is comfortable in this world. She knows it. She likes it. Amen to Tala Ash. Hey Tala.
2: This is like the closest I'll ever be to being on Succession, so I'm really excited.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's true for all of us. This is the closest any of us. Yeah,
0: (laughs) this is true for all of us. Um, I just want to let listeners know that I have some sort of an allergy attack happening right now. So today show is extra phlegmy gravelly voice and I think very appropriate for a funeral and with that um, I want to just quickly um, remind listeners that they can listen to Fake the Nation on Thursdays and perhaps you've been listening to two podcasts worth of podcasts um, off of this feed a week and you've been enjoying it and maybe maybe that makes you want to go to patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad to support the show even more for li- as little as four dollars a month you can get extra episodes of Fake the Nation um, you you obviously already love Fake of the Nation, so why not formalize it by being a Patreon subscriber? Again, that's patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad. All right. And I'm going to do my typical summary that I do. But before we do that, I just want to hear some first blush thoughts. Danielle, what do you think of this episode?
1: This was pretty close to a masterpiece for me um the fuck yeah <laughs> right like the kind of uh the rhythm of it the the way it sort of went back and forth between really deep uh, believable pockets of emotion and sort of like what we come to expect from this show these wonderful kind of machinations of corporate life i thought it got that rhythm really right and um it felt profound in a way that a funeral episode should, I, I loved it.
2: Yeah, it, it was a real roller coaster of emotions. Um, again, like just deftly executed. Um, mm. I li- I listened to the the like after remarks with uh, Mark Mylod, and he said that they shot some of the funeral. In in succession. In in uh from beginning to end, which blew oh, my, my mind. And actually oh, yeah. like makes they so much sense. Yeah. It makes so much sense because you I feel like I mean as an actor, I was watching actors Like in a very real way, go through a funeral, but also I I just thought it. I mean, the way the the pendulum turned from Roman to Kent, it was it brilliant, just brilliant,
0: beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's get into the summary, and then we'll just uh, we'll jump into our questions. Uh, it's funeral day And the show opens on Roman practicing his eulogy And you know what that means Seeing a rehearsal always means You're never going to see the actual performance But we'll get to that Because in the meantime It's also the day after the uneasy elections And America is all protesty. Rava won't let the kids go to the funeral Because she doesn't think it's safe Shiv and Lucas are releasing those shitty Indian numbers Burying them amid protests and actual burials Tom can't go to the funeral Because turns out running a news channel The day after an electoral kerfuffle requires. Some FaceTime at the office, and the world's luminary shitty monsters and Logan's ex wives and mistresses gather in the church to bury the hatchet. And then, this was my favorite moment the New York Philharmonic's <laughs> B team blasts a classical music version of a Katy Perry style power anthem <laughs> to oddly start the funeral on a high note. <laughs> So what good. a needle. Tro- it was so weird. So it was so bizarre. funny. The first major bomb drop of the episode was that Uncle Ewan unexpectedly gave a eulogy where he takes a giant funeral dump on Logan. Cause you know, Logan sucked. That said, it is a weird way for an opening act to warm up the audience. Roman's up next, but don't worry. He's pre grieved. He was absolutely pumped for this. But then when he actually takes the podium, he utterly crumbles into a pool of tears. What a fucking pussy is what I would say if I was Logan. <laughs> because- <laughs> but because I'm Nagin I also descended into a puddle of tears uh, Kendall takes the stage To deliver one of the best eulogies I've ever seen on film or television It was a little James Joyce A little Truman Capote A little Meredith on Grey's Anatomy What a brew of words <laughs> Team Morning goes to the burial Where they see their dad's mausoleum McMansion And then assemble at a wake For some nosh and champagne Where Kendall recruits Hugo to his team And then Logan's driver Colin Talk to me. Talk to me. He's clearly trying to clone his dad's setup, but Mankin is the one everyone wants to dance with at this party, and Mankin does a great job of keeping everyone in play. Tom and Shiv have a tender moment. Kendall tells Roman that he fucked it, but he needs to follow Ken's lead and make some moves. Then Roman basically puts a bunch of stones into his pockets and walks into the river, by which I mean he throws himself into a protest where he gets a little battered and bruised. The end
2: Holy fuck! Jesus Christ. Ooh, wow. I saw, that's a lot for just over an hour of television. Right? I
0: mean, remarkable. So let's actually start with something light. Uh, all of the ex-wives gather on the same pew, hold hands and cry. Can we talk about the ladies of Logan moment?
2: Tala, what'd you think? I mean, talk about unexpected. What did she say? She said, uh, you're you're the, um, what was the name of the old the the original one she was my she was she was my Carrie Ann or she She was my Carrie yeah yeah meet my Carrie yeah just Sally Ann this is Sally Ann she was my Carrie yeah I mean that shot of the four of them sitting on the pew my goodness um incredible Incredible. (laughs) and also like they've all been everyone's been screwed over by him and just to see this like room but especially those four women who in Myriad ways have been screwed over by literally, I suppose, uh, uh, by Logan yeah. was <laughs> oh, just wow.
0: And how incredible! It's so weird because the Ma- Carolyn Caroline is um, so unfeeling and horrible to her own children but managed to like really muster up a
1: well of empathy for these women. (laughs) Well, (laughs) like what? I actually, I was really surprised but delighted by that. You know, Succession will not let a single characteristic stand for any character which is what I love about the show. Everyone's too human for that. They aren't just one thing. This woman has been pretty close to like a Cinderella scenario Wicked Stepmom kind of vibe for the entirety of the series. Yes. And here we see her extend her yourself with a level of generosity and care that no one's expecting, right? Which of course, we all contain multitudes and funerals can bring out the mushies and the gushies, right? So like, it it made sense to me. And I believed it. That moment, that shot of the four of them, really, what well, I've been waiting for that shot for a long time. Uh, this the way that the way this episode played with the poor treatment of women I thought was really kind of throughout and fascinating. It starts with Rava being attacked by Kendall. Mm-hmm. We get to the funeral where these sort of women who were his lovers and partners get relegated to this one pew. Even in that moment when you know Shiv is talking about you know he was hard on women right? It's acknowledged so much here. We even hear it, you know, when uh, Matson's giving his personal philosophy, I think it was privacy, pussy and pasta. You know, misogyny is a real through (laughs) line on this piece, right? And to have this world that is so sexist and harmful to women within that landscape to get to see these four women show some dignity, connection and support for each other. I loved it.
0: Beautiful. You know what? We're going to get to more questions, but first let's take a quick break and then we'll be back.
3: HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames dot com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura.
2: Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret?
0: And we are back, Uh, folks, let's um, get into it with two moments from uh, we're we're like, I want to get to the eulogies as its own special piece. But first, Kendall's long suffering assistant wants to quit. So Jess has a moment with him. She didn't want to have it, but he kind of forces it like, what is this meeting man? I want to quit. Um, and that was weird, he, you know, and of course, that comes off the heels of him having the, a really um, just terrible interaction with his ex, ex-wife ex and an SUV representing his children. Um, oh, God. Can, um, da, Danielle, um, I don't know. First of all, I can't believe Jess. Why did it take you so long to quit? Was there a pension you were waiting for the pension to kick in? Like, you have been suffering on this job. It is in all hours, always on call, dealing with um, the just oscillating, unexpected emotions of a billionaire all the time. How did you last so long? I I would not have. Um what what did you make of of
1: these moments well i have to say um this is really a moment that where wealth culture i think has an explanation right i totally understand why she stayed so long and i also understand why she it is so hard for her to leave you know in that moment did you see in her eyes she is trying so hard to not say the truth She's trying with all of her human might to not say, well, Kendall, the reason I'm quitting is because you're emotionally and logistically abusive, and you've brought down the republic and democracy, and I'm a person of color and a woman, and I don't want to participate anymore. That's what I saw behind her eyes. What she's saying is, it's time. It's time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Those are the actual words, right? In that moment, what we're seeing, and wealth culture does this all the time, You know, the closer you get to the sun, meaning like whoever the first generation of wealth is in these dynastic cultures, the more power and the more danger. Jess knows that unless she leaves in a way where it feels like Kendall's idea and he's not offended at all and doesn't take it personally, by the way, none of those are possible, but the fantasy is that she'll be able to leave in that way unless she does, if she leaves with any negative feelings on Kendall's part, he will fuck her somehow. Yeah, She now knows this culture. You don't get out lightly. That's why I always say the mafia is such a good analogy for these 1% family clans. You know, you can get in with a lot of work. Getting out, very hard, especially clean in a way that doesn't harm you. I think Jess is a smart person. She knows that. And that's why this is the least crisply verbalized why I'm leaving speech we've ever heard. She can't tell this guy the truth because even telling him, A non-truth, he throws a tantrum, and that tantrum could be dangerous for her down the line. Can
0: I also just say, I mean, all of that is absolutely true, and then there's the other just normal reality. I mean, I was in a situation where I was at a job that was like, I should have quit this job and I needed the paycheck. Like oh, I just sure. needed, you know, because I I knew I was kind of going to go into comedy. Comedy was not a paycheck and I needed to figure it the fuck out. And when you're, I don't know how old Jess is, let's say she's like 30. Um, you're dealing with your, you know, money. And also those assistants are paid very handsomely. Like, Mm -hmm. they're not, they're also earning a lot of money. They're also edging into a percentile of wealth with their income, you know? Um, So it is, there's some golden handcuffs that are also involved. So there's like this whole world of, of, you know, she also needs just a simple recommendation letter for her next job. You know what I mean? She right. means all that stuff. There's like the simple stuff. There's like the big, you know, kind of geopolitics of it all. Um, but it was so interesting. And of course, this is where Kendall shows his colors because he was like, thanks for bringing it up now. Oh you know, <laughs> you're
2: like, he was, yeah, he was like, I gave asshole. you so much access. I gave you so yeah. much access.
1: <laughs> Did, weren't you waiting for her to finish that sentence? To abuse. Yeah. Right,
2: right, right. Access to what? I also think Um, it's telling that, like, this character that has been with us for so many episodes, so many seasons, she's gotten her two biggest scenes in the previous uh, episode with Greg and in this scene with Kendall. Like, this is the most she's been allowed to speak and, like, from... Something yeah. that she's trying to say from her heart or from her desires. And even then she's, I mean, I think it, it goes along with like how women are treated also in this role and specifically women of color. This is one of the only people of color in this show. Correct. And like this is what she gets. Just in terms yeah. of screen time, I think that's telling.
0: Such a good point. Yeah. I also want to say the moment with the SUV. Um, oh. You know how I'm <laughs> a Kendall apologist, basically. Oh. Every is this time. continuing the game? Can nothing I- stop it? <laughs> no. I was just thinking, okay, this is all I was thinking. I totally get what that rabbit was just like, I gotta go, it's not safe. I also get that he was so he's like, it's my dad's funeral and my children aren't gonna be there. Like I can also picture myself standing in front of an SUV and be like, what if I just throw my body down in front of this SUV and just start saying crazy things? Like, I can picture if my ch- my children couldn't go to my parents' funeral. Um Nikki, that I would just like on. go
2: crazy. <laughs> Nikki, I know, but I can I can us, picture Nikki. going crazy.
0: I'm just, just saying. We, yes,
2: but you're taking all the other, you know, context out of it. Like, yes, you're a good no, parent. I mean, when I, Ken was no, like, "I'm going to go for custody," re- I was like, "Oh, no, no, good no! Obviously, God. that's insane.
0: Oh, obviously, that's insane, and obviously, I think many judges will also find that insane." <laughs> I hope so. Um, I don't know. Uh, I hope
1: I, there's a lot of power coming from that guy. Mm-hmm. Listen, I, I'm not even sure he's going to follow through on that. I think he's having grief tantrums throughout this episode. I'm not. But 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 let me say this: the you know. We're watching... Grief
0: tantrums, yeah.
1: Yeah, we're watching Kendall calcify into Logan over the course of this episode. I would argue we're also watching Shiv do a similar dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, him standing there and and really being certain that he can control and power his way out of his ex-wife's agenda, which is to keep their children safe. That's so classic Logan thinking, but the critical difference is Logan would have stopped them. Yeah. Kendall says i'm gonna lie down in front of this car and they just drive away so you know i thought this episode did a really interesting thing where it's showing us how ineffectual ken can be in an actual real world scenario where he's upset and how effectual he can be on a stage giving a kind of public presentation when it comes to the behind the scenes stuff where the real action happens he doesn't do great and this scene is an example of that Um, i also just wanted to point out one thing from a filmmaking perspective i don't know if you two noted this but Sometimes I'm so floored by what succession doesn't show, by what succession lets us imagine. And I loved the choice to not have a shot from inside that car. Mm. We're imagining what those children are experiencing as their parents fight and Ken bangs on the window. But we don't see it. And in some ways, the vision of that in our heads, I think, is worse. And more powerful, and succession is so good about choosing those moments where it lets us fill in the blanks. That was one of those for me.
2: In a very, very different way, I feel the same way about when we hear about Greg's night with Madsen and yes. drink, drinking things you shouldn't be drinking, and yes, just imagining that, and you're like, "What the what the fuck happened?" I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we I never also, should like, have seen really that. Pictured, I'm so glad. I really
0: pictured like a slow dance to like a really. Yeah. To like, I don't know, like a like a Tony Bennett tune. And then they were just kind of like, and how weird. Anyways, I don't know whatever what, what everyone else imagined when that story came out. But I will say about the kids thing. I also think about the practicalities that are involved in filmmaking and um, having directed children, um, A, it's a nightmare, but also um, B, the, like, rules around having children on set and the um, education sure. part and all the stuff that they have to do. It's like um, you anything you can do to not have the children on set, you do that thing. Um, and if that just means Correct. keeping the windows of an SUV closed, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I do think they're masters, right? Like, I'm not trying to say they aren't, but they also – have to deal with practicalities of filmmaking, even True. though they probably are given a gajillion dollars. Um, but I can also see practical decisions being made uh, on a set like that. But it, it was funny because it was just like, this SUV is children, you know? I mean? it, was just like <laughs> funny, it was just a funny way to, to look at it. But let's jump into the actual funeral. Um, so... Um, you know, after um, that rousing um mute pr- performance um from the the Boston Pops or whatever came out <laughs> to, it's
1: to so do. So weird. It. Nagina got a great deal on the Boston Pops. You won't believe the deal they got. Well, they were doing a Ray, you know,
0: off the rack Reagan is That's what they right. were doing. That's right. Um, so so. So Ewan gives, gets up and gives an unexpected eulogy. They didn't want him to, obviously, because they knew he was going to say some bad shit. Um, I Can I just say one little thing that has been driving me crazy about this entire series? Hmm. Logan's accent indicates – so they were like four or five when they came to America? Four right? and five and a half, we now know. Yeah. What were these accents and why doesn't Ewan have the same accent as Logan? Ewan just speaks like he's an American. Logan speaks like he spent uh, half of his life in Scotland, right? So, like, what is happening? And I just want to say that for the record, this is one detail that I felt was inconsistent in succession land, like, for a show that got that gets everything right. Uh, okay, that's a dumb nitpick. That said... <laughs> I, Ewan really also kept this thing going of generational trauma, right? Because he shares a story that basically Logan had been, um, uh, basically thought he killed his sister with polio his whole life and none of the adults in the family tried to correct, disabuse him of that notion. Um, what did you guys make of this, uh, of the Ewan eulogy, Tal- uh, Tala?
2: i i I, th- I thought that it was so brilliant too. like I knew something was gonna derail Roman, but the mm. fact that it was this and uh somebody had to say the truth again, as you said, we were never gonna see that rehearsal version. But I thought it was such a brilliant way to bring that bit of backstory that we've, you know, we've, I think we all, I've certainly like pathologized Logan to try to be like, why is he, why is he this way? But to just get this like little tidbit at a funeral in this moment where, you know, there are revelations that can come out about people that like Danielle was saying, like they're never one thing. And, and just like seeing that land on Roman and then what happens I just thought it was such a, such a really true and brilliant setup. Like it it didn't feel, like I didn't feel manipulated as the viewer, you know? You know, I
1: want to take a moment of just robust praise for James Cromwell, the actor who does this part. Because in that speech, as brilliantly written as it is, I also felt in his performance of it, his embodying of it, such an believable mix of sorrow, loss, rage, disappointment, and care. yeah. Yeah, You know, not an easy list of stuff for an actor to really sell in such a brief period of time. James Cromwell is an incredible performer to watch on screen. As I was watching, I felt relief, frankly, that someone was going to point out that Logan was ultimately a powerful shitbag. I needed that to happen publicly. and, And in some ways, I think within the world of this show, it might be the closest to something we'd call justice. (laughs) Like, we're never going to see what I really want to see, which is these people fully brought down. But seeing his brother, the person who arguably knows him best in the room, who grew up with Logan, one person who's left, this guy, to see him really name both the trauma and, I think he said, um, I I wrote it down, but it was something like, he wrought terrible things.
2: Yeah, 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 just to have
1: that said, strongly and clearly uh, was very relieving. I also wanna give props from a filmic point of view to, to like the reaction shots of Roman we see during that speech. As you're watching Roman's face while the brother is talking, you know something has dramatically shifted that is going to impact what happens today. Um, I thought it was pretty magnificently done by everybody involved. And also just to say, you know, Nagin, as you are a Kendall apologist, as you know, I like to take (laughs) big verbal dumps on these people. So we have different orientations. But like as someone who's a Roy dumper, I guess I'll call myself, um, it was also lovely and touching to remember that like all of us, Logan was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Right, it doesn't all come from you know. He didn't pop out of Zeus's head as a motherfucker. He was deeply used, and aggressively yeah. hurt, and remembering the that matters was molded. That's right.
0: Yeah, um, I it was it was so remarkable, and also, I mean, the the great thing. It's the it's great thing about how they handled everything about Roman, which we can come to now, is that they really set him up like he's on top of the fucking world. It's Discord. It makes my dick hard. <laughs> like, it's he was just like he had quips. He was making disgusting jokes about Shiv's baby being his oh, and like, oh. um and like jacking off to his sister uh, um, breastfeeding. I mean, he was. Prime Roman, right? He was just going for it fully and you knew that that level like being on a cocaine high at, right. at that level cannot be sustained. and it's like we it's like they gave us this I can't get over it. I know Philharmonic crescendo <laughs> to to like guys, it's about to fucking break. you know what I mean right. and then Roman takes that stage. Realizes, too, that his dead dad is in the coffin, which is a thing he's never really been able to uh, fathom. And he just can't give that speech. And essentially, in that moment of, like, having humanity, how dare he, also utterly fucks himself. Whoever wears the crown, it will definitely not be Roman. Correct. He can't fucking handle it.
2: Guys. Guys. Tala, talk to me about Roman. Yeah, he loses everything in that moment, and that was that's when I was crying. What watching mm. him was when I actually mm. lost it because this he's he's such a he's such a nihilistic person, but again, this he has this humanity that comes out in this moment where you're like, this is a disgusting human who I would hate to be in a room with. However at his father's funeral like he he's 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 struck with the reality that like all of us will experience at some point of like that kind of loss that is inescapable and to like also just like see how men can treat him after like it is it is a real horror show and i think also like exactly what succession is about which is that like if you you like cannot survive as a vulnerable person in this world Correct. And it is it, like it is a lose lose situation, and that's that's what the show's about. And and it's because they're so good at making it like it's fascinating to watch.
0: It's also funny because there's just like acceptable levels of emotion in these situations. Like I think back to when Obama went on TV to talk about um, the massacre at Newtown, and and mm. he. You know, he delivered an address, but he also cried, like, a little. It's like he sort of defined acceptable levels of male emotion. Yeah.
2: And he <laughs> sang. He sang, right? And he sang, right? He did.
0: It's like he had to have the motion, be a leader, and 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 then be a leader of emotion um at the same time and it's like if you can do that then you're allowed to d- have the emotion
2: you have <laughs> to like perform it well i you think you have and to perform it well ultimately like roman just doesn't have the stuff he just doesn't have it
0: also what a fucking performance holy I mean,
1: fuck <laughs>
0: are real get oh, the my...
1: fuck out of here and by the way Of A a version of that character, a kind of place, emotional place for that character, we've never seen. I mean, nothing even close, right? To see him fall that hard that publicly. I just want to point out one thing from a wealth culture perspective, which is, and this does speak to some of my history growing up. You know, in wealth culture, any event can be turned into a corporate meeting. (laughs) Anything. We've seen that with these people like it's their job. Weddings, corporate meeting, right? Every time. This time we're at the death ritual. And again, it's truly a corporate meeting. Partly why Roman is is now off the throne forever is because he has sort of, you know, totally failed to meet the moment. He's supposed to give a speech. And he's also failed this very fucked up version of masculinity that this society believes in. But the other reason why he's failed is because he's not really giving a funeral speech. He's giving a corporate ascendance speech masquerading as a funeral Mm speech, right? These people could turn a liver transplant into a corporate reshuffling meeting. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's just that's what's in the air always. So I also was struck by there's so many deals and machinations happening at this funeral around the edges of the grief, right? When Roman bursts into tears, the reason why it feels like failing and not like just a normal son who's overcome with emotion is because we also know he's auditioning. He's auditioning for the crown. Um, that's so fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> like just yeah. to say, imagine, God forbid, you're at your parents' funeral and you're also thinking, this speech I give about mom or dad is really going to land me in the head seat of our company. <laughs> it's just not how humanity should function, which is why that moment is so potent, I think.
0: And and Kendall set that up in episode three. He was like, everything we do right now with the death, our, the death of our father is going to be scrutinized. It's going to be what's in the history books. And Kendall right. has known this from like moment one. That's what he was. He was groomed again Oh, Kendall! Team Kendall, what? I know he's a horrible monster. He's a horrible monster. I'm so aware. Um, but he has been groomed. He's been groomed. He knows. He gets it. He 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 understands who's watching at all times, right? He is. He's like he's like the um, method extra in the background. Who's just always <laughs> playing a character just waiting for the moment that they might throw him like one line like he's that guy. Yeah. <laughs> um so uh let's let's talk about that that eulogy because I mean here's the okay again nitpicking with a succession here a nearly perfect show. Um he fucking delivers one of the most beautiful like eulogies because it was also it did paint the picture of a brute right yes. he called his father a brute like he 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 did mention the money right like he mm-hmm. said this sort of all the all the like unmentionables he mentioned them but still managed to put b- bring together this you know beautifully poetic um words for his father and my nitpick is that like that couldn't have been improvised. My f- obviously like obviously it was written by amazing writers. Right. But um but in terms of the character, I can also picture a world that I told myself that Kendall was just like in case I need to hop up there,
2: mm. let me
0: have some thoughts prepared. Uh because there was just a little too much corpuscles of life. <laughs> in the dialogue for me it's just something the rolls off the tongue like in an improvisational way I mean Tala what did you think I, I would agree
2: when I like as an actor when I saw him as an actor taking the note cards with a pencil I was like what are we doing what are we doing yeah. this is not <laughs> you're you gonna do like a, a quick like like edit <laughs> come on you're not gonna come say on, that yeah. yeah it felt a little bit it, it, it yeah I would I would agree with you it felt if I'm gonna be nitpicky it felt a little bit rehearsed um i don't think that the actor could have you know solved that necessarily um it but we also needed those words you know we needed yes. to hear him say those words so i i allow it you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean you you said it but like the, it's a, the 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 bringing it back to the money and naming that actually I was i found that really really surprising because it's like this entire show especially actually this episode it's like it's capitalism, right? And it's, like, what yes. capitalism, like, end-stage capitalism turn, can turn into. I mean, certainly what we're seeing in this country, it's, like, fucking chaos, while, like, people are in like nice SUVs and like trying to get down the street and like wearing their you know expensive things at their at the funeral with the Boston Pops playing their jaunty song like but the background is like failed capitalism that they that these guys don't really care about they're like money money is king money is king it's always been king and he named it which i thought was really interesting
0: yeah, like there's really no other reason that all those luminaries would be there for, were it not for money. Of course. Um, now Kendall's uh, speech felt utter- utterly rehearsed. However, Shiv's eulogy yes. did feel like an off-the-cuff thing that it, it, you know, and I think she sort of said like office or whatever to like Kendall. She did as a like, oh, I'm gonna go up there and riff on on our on our office stories when, when from when we were little. Uh, Danielle, what did you make of Shiv's eulogy?
1: I was really blown away by all the performances here. This is no exception. I felt that, her, you know, listen, I agree it, precisely with what you two have said about this uh, Kendall's speech. Over, you know, overwritten, like, like, how could he have come up with that? And and I loved it. Right? So, like, I don't care. but All <laughs> yeah, of those things, things are true. Yeah. Right. Um, with Shiv, it did feel organic. Um, it did feel sort of um, moving and real and from her person. I will say, you know, of all things, because I do come from a bizarro, kind of smaller version of this world, it reminded me of a story about my grandma. We grew up in, a, in her going to her apartment, which had a massive, important art collection. And sometimes we would dare each other to touch one of the paintings, and which was verboten. Touching a painting in that room was like setting a fire. And we did it to get her attention, but we also did it because we were scared of her. That moment, you know, I remember when my one of my cousins was caught touching one of these master paintings, and what happened. Um, in families like this, these moments are real. They exist, and they are a kind of complicated bunch of stuff in terms of memory and how you think of someone, because I think of my grandmother who was the doyen of my family as this powerhouse and someone I was both scared of and loved. And if I were somehow giving a speech about her, I could imagine sharing that painting story to talk about both her kind of zest for life and culture and capacity to sort of build worlds and collections and also the ways that she kept us out. So I just want to say, speaking from a bizarro 1% perspective, I believe that story like it's my job. Hmm, um, and, yeah. I thought, and I thought that Shiv sold it beautifully. I also just want to quickly, I, I wrote this down. This is really the most perfect encapsulation for me of, of when it comes to a portrait of Logan from a woman's perspective. When he let you in, when the sun shone, it was warm. It was warm in the light. But it was hard to be his daughter. He was hard on women. I'm not sure we've heard that acknowledged by someone before in this show. We've seen it. It's been shown to us. But to have it verbalized from his one female offspring, I thought was a really powerful and exciting choice. Yes.
0: Oh, my god. And then she goes on to say, I believe she goes on to say right after that, he couldn't fit a whole woman in his head. Yes. And, I thought, and, that, and I was like, that's oh, it. That's all of it to me that's right. He couldn't fucking put t- a fully dimensional single woman into his head. Uh, right. and that was um the pew of mistresses and wives yes uh, like who were three dimensional who who cried for him. You know, yes. He yes, couldn't he couldn't actually acknowledge that any of them were full human beings. And that's fucking crazy
1: and amazing. And the can I just give you my quick moment of what I love yeah. that point really coming across when Kendall says he made us and yes. the camera cuts to Kendall's mom with this look on her face like, did he fucking make you? Yeah, <laughs> I thought I made you. <laughs> that was a great shot. <laughs> Wasn't that a great shot? Oh my God. So amazing. Okay, well, oh. let's move away
0: from the, before we run out of time, let's move away from the funeral and onto the, uh, well, there, they have this little hilarious Mac, Mac mausoleum moment, um, which is just, uh, you know, the pet supply guy, um, you know, decided against the mausoleum. So then, um, Uh, Logan bought it up. Um, You know, Connor might take the top bunk. Um, But (laughs) then they go to. Is that a wake, the thing that happens after the funeral where you have food? What is that thing called?
1: uh Oh, I think it's the gathering.
2: gathering. I don't know. I'm Iranian. (laughs) Jews and Muslims (laughs) on this Zoom.
1: We're the wrong ones to ask. So at
0: the wake. which I also love that there was champagne out the way. Anyway, that was just a really, <laughs> maybe it was Prosecco. Um, the There was a lot going on here politically. Like this, again, speaking to your point about um, th- everything could be a corporate meeting. Danielle, this felt like such a ridiculous, this felt like, you know, a corporate meeting meets um, a political meeting. Uh, because Megan is just like hanging out at a table. Oh. Which is also oddly funny because I don't think he would ever be alone for more than like three seconds as the theoretical yeah. president elect. Um, and uh, he's hanging out there, and then everyone's basically trying to go up to him and be like, Me, me, but what about me? You know, and uh, of course, even cousin Greg. Fucking um, cousin Greg. <laughs> but- <laughs> Tell me, Tala, what did you. <laughs> I do.
2: I've been been on a real journey with Greg, but like, I I was so tickled with him at the beginning of the series. And I've just come to be like, you are actually, you're actually the worst one. You are, you are, you're the weakest, like, power wise and like, as a, as a person, like you, you are <laughs> <laughs> like the, you're a cockroach. You're just like, you are truly the worst character on this show. And yeah, I don't know. I, 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 uh, yeah, I, I've come, I've come to, I think I used to find a lot more delight in Greg and something about him has like become very, very grating, especially in this season where I'm like, it's, it's a little like
0: I totally agree with you because he has... I mean, part of what was interesting is like we saw someone kind of like represent regular America, just like a person in the beginning. And then throughout the series, you learn that he doesn't represent regular America. He represents a person that has actually no ethical or ideological spine at all whatsoever. That's right. He's just right. a piece right. of clay who learns mm-hmm. that money, money is comfortable and and it's and he is and he, he is just like human garbage. Um I also like don't believe that he's competent in any way. Like that's the other thing that's frustrating about, but it's not like he shows his value in any situation. He's like incompetent in every situation. Oh, he he's has, just
1: yeah. there. He has one competency that really matters in this world. He can kiss anyone's ass. Oh yeah, yeah, I mean, but does it work? Well, he's still around. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I share, I share your perspective. I think he's disgusting. In fact, I would call him a disgusting brother. Right? (laughs) um, But, but you know, what what Greg provides for these people is priceless. Which is that he never says no to a task, and he always asks, you know, do you need some more kisses on your tushy? So so in that way, I think he matters. And, and it explains his sticking around. I just want to point out that great moment where after he's tried to stop his uncle, or his grandpa, his grandpa from getting up and giving this talk, right, Logan's brother, the guy sits down after just shitting on Logan publicly. And what does Greg say? Really strong, hard take. Something that, yeah, he can't stop himself. But, but Nagit, to go back to this sort of Mencken moment, um, There were, you know, it's not a particularly funny succession episode. It was very dark for obvious reasons. There aren't a lot of laugh lines. There's some. I just cannot stop myself from pointing out this small moment that made me laugh so hard I could have pooped myself, which is when (laughs) Mankin comes toward um, Matson. You know, Shiv's sort of leading him over because she's finally pulled him away from the scrum of her siblings. And do you guys remember what Matson's first word is to Mankin? Vilkoman. Oh. (laughs) Oh. a subtle moment but I just have to say like you know you're trying to win over this guy and and let him know that you're his friend you're someone he can trust and your first thing you say to him is a joke about him being a Nazi incredible absolutely also also
0: funny that Matt when when Greg walks over to Matson uh, Matson goes hey sexy or something like that (laughs) which was just hilarious to me um but also Let's talk about who Mencken really wants, right? Like, I think Mencken did an excellent excellent job of just not saying very much at all in this episode, doing a lot of, like, looking and nodding and clearly showing – I mean, it, it's clear that his connection with Roman is over, right? Mm-hmm. Kendall knows it. Everybody knows it um, Roman knows it, right? Roman is basically at the, at the kid's table, like literally at that thing. It just feels like he's kind of like on his own. He's got nothing. Um, and, and, um, and, and Shiv makes this like very intense introduction there. You know, this is the moment where Mattson basically describes his political philosophy as privacy pussy pasta, which then, um, which Shiv then uh, Interprets as Anarcho-capitalist Parmigiana uh, Which Was really fun <laughs> Yes um, And Mencken Look he's also A political player He is You know He is not the most He Look Yeah I mean he'll quote H Right But um, he doesn't <laughs> Like He doesn't He's not like So strict In his own He knows that he's there To just win things mm-hmm. Um
1: So who to him is seeming like the winning team? I think it's him plus Madsen blocking the kids out. Wow. You know, it made no sense to me whatsoever, that phone call from Madsen to Shiv at the end of the episode where he says, yeah, Minkin's in. Basically, it's you and me. From Mencken's perspective, how does that make sense? Shiv is ideologically absolutely opposed to him. Yeah. She can say she's flexible, he knows, but he knows he that. He knows that. Yeah. He's not an idiot. And we've already heard Kendall quite correctly cite that his and Roman's collective dick is in this man's hand. Mencken is the one who has control over them. From Manken's perspective, the strong move is get these kids out of it. You and me, you and me, Matson. Pussy pasta privacy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'll say
0: that like Mencken, I'm um, sorry, that Matson doesn't have necessarily all the control in that scenario because Shiv has the Ebba leaders of blood knowledge.
1: Correct. Although Shiv has not used any of that insider knowledge at all. You know we we've not but she's, seen But her that's pull it the out. thing.
0: I mean, that's the thing. You. That's why you always just threaten it so that nothing right. bad happens. I mean, I don't know. Like uh, uh, Tala, who do you think is? I mean, at this point, they're really get like we have one episode left. It is a <gasps> ninety-minute episode. Yes, I know. I'm so Ugh. sad. I know.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. I can't believe it. Um, I know. I don't know. Yeah, how, I mean, how is this shaking out for you? I don't know. I mean, I'm so torn. Uh, there's something in my gut that says it's not going to be Kendall. I don't know why. I just, I just think it, it would be too obvious in a way. But huh. also, I think that there, were like, actually, all the. Conversation and comments about uh, how women are treated in this world and sort of the, the anti-feminism of this world. I femi- mean, feminism of this world suggests that it's not going to be Shiv either. So Danielle, I'm I'm intrigued by that proposal. I'm very intrigued by that. I you know I don't know. There's a world where like the board comes in with Madsen and. I don't know. It's Jerry. Jerry is queen. (laughs) I guess that would be one, but you know, but I, yeah, I, I really don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm definitely team Shiv if I had to pick, but, Mm. um. Also, I, I, this is maybe controversial. I love Madsen. I mean, he's also a, a, the scum of the earth. Scum. But <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah. I think I'm, I, I shouldn't say I love Madsen. I'm so enamored uh, of Alexander Skarsgård and how he's played this character. And yes. it's oh, so brilliant. weird, but, Ugh, uh, but makes, se- believable. Exactly. Like it shouldn't make sense, but it, uh, I mean, when he, like, walked across the tarmac without shoes, I was just like, I love him. I don't know. <laughs> it's my, yeah, it's my so toxic dis- Kendall. He's my toxic Kendall. <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 yeah. He's so disgusting. He, yeah. like, completely... And it's it's funny because I don't know if this is ever happened to you guys, but I feel like B- Matson and Mencken both, like, resemble men that I've met at bars, right, that I've, like... You know, in my twenties, that I made that are handsome, right? Yeah, I've made yeah. I've made out with them. You know, yeah. yeah and then, yeah, a, yeah. let's say at three <laughs> o'clock in the morning, they'll say something just about you know crypto. Oh, we didn't have crypto in my twenties, <laughs> but like they'll say something that you're like, "Ew, did I just make out with you?" And you're the weirdest fuck. And then you like cut and run. Like that is like that. They're so it's like for them to be able to like chameleon, like come into a situation and, and seem normal and seem charming. It's such a, it reminds me so much of like mistakes I've made. Um, I would agree. I, I, mean, I don't oh, know. Totally. There's
2: there's that like enigmatic quality that yeah. then turns right. and you're like, oh, you're actually the worst that there is. And yeah. I, I couldn't <laughs> see it at first. <laughs> I know
1: because like the air of it originally is like, I'm sitting on a significant mystery for you to solve, That's young lady. What right. yes. does that man's blood look like frozen? Yeah. In a brick. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Sent to so you. Disgusting. So So, like, not great. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> and then the final the, the final moment of the show um was that Roman walks into that protest and gets beaten up. Uh look, there's some feelings out there that maybe they kill him off screen or whatever. I don't think it's that kind of show. No, no, so no. I don't think any of that is true. Will we see a black eye? It's possible. Um, but uh but but I think Roman takes a significant backseat on whatever the next episode is, which theoretically is not in the Caribbean because they uh, they've rejected the air clear oh, right? Um, right. Uh, their mother's air clear invitation. But like, I don't know, there could be some Caribbean um, vibes uh, in the next episode. Yeah. Uh, I
2: don't, I, I don't know. I, I mean, do have a question. Do, yeah. what, what are your feelings in terms of the time jump that's going to happen right now? Do we think it's the next day? Or, like, how much in the future? Because we've gone, the last three episodes have been three days, right? Right, right. right. So or whatever, how far, yeah. or what you know, ish. Yeah. I'm just curious, like, how much time is going to go forward.
0: Well, it's so annoying. I mean, there's so many things to, so many, um loops that have to be closed up. I mean, the PGN deal is still out there. Oh, What's God. going on, guys? Um, uh the uh obviously the, you know, mats and stuff, the presidency still in the balance. Um mm-hmm. there's a lot that have to has to be closed up, but there isn't like in a, they didn't like signal to an event that would be that kind of forces us into it all. But so actually,
2: not sure. isn't the presidency an interesting thing? Like, didn't uh, maybe I'm I'm not re- misremembering this? But I remember st- somebody saying like three months that there's like three months of things that have to happen in order for them to determine who's president. I, maybe that's completely wrong, but it feels like Mencken needs to be president in order to sort of pick the king.
1: Interesting. That's a really good point. Yeah, I don't know. We we, d- we did see scenes from the next episode, sort of teased after this one, and they seem to be very boardroom heavy. So it's probably, at least partially, like a boardroom, final boardroom showdown, uh, boardroom, I'm guessing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, can I just say a quick thing about that protest scene? Again, You know, sometimes when I'm watching Succession with my sort of filmmaker hat on, as I've mentioned, I'm so impressed by what they don't do as well as by what they actually do. In a shittier version of this show, I'm interested if you two agree, someone in that protest crowd would have gone, hey, that's Roman Roy. Let's get him, <laughs> and then they would have beaten so the right. shit out of him. You know, yeah. but that, yeah. this, but this show is so much more closely tethered to reality that it knows that that number one probably wouldn't happen, and number two, like Roman's not a famous guy; he's not. No on one the knows news what he looks time. like. No yeah. one knows what he looks like. He's so just he a total- fucking crazy fuck. Yeah, it's right. Yelling was, in the way. But I was really pleased that it ended that way because you know one of the things this show does so successfully is portray the hermetically sealed world of the one percent and how what's happening outs just outside the door. Just just outside the window, rarely actually comes inside, right? By Roman doing this sort of nihilistic, self-defeating dance because he's fucked up, by him sort of entering this crowd, you know, it's the closest we come to one of these characters actually witnessing the stakes in person. Mm -hmm. And even though he's doing it from a place of emotional sort of, I would say, um, destruction, it still was a relief to me that one yeah. of these characters actually experienced the protest as opposed to watching it on a screen and calling it, and I believe this is a quote on Tom's part, Nini, like <laughs> Nini, <"Tian-a-mini." T-n-a-mini. laughs> yeah, Nini yeah. yeah. Just that word is such an insult to what's happening outside. I was glad the show actually showed us one of these one percenters having to deal with the consequence in real time, even for only a few minutes.
0: Yeah. Um, look, we really have to end the show, even though we could probably continue talking for like literally another hour. Um, but I want to just point out one moment that I thought was so funny that made me laugh. When Peter Munyan is there, he's like so excited to be at this funeral. <laughs> and then he goes, Daddy's here! And <laughs> so anyways um, on that <laughs> note uh, of uh, daddy's here I um, we need to we need to close the show and I would love for the people of Faith Nation to be able to follow you and all the wonderful things that you do w- where do they do
1: that Danielle Dirchlog. thanks so much Dageen. I always love being here um, you can see my website which is Dirschlog.com and on Instagram and on Instagram Instagram <laughs> <laughs> one oh, percent guys um, on, on, on Instagram I'm at ddurch which is d-d-u-r-c-h and I would love to hear what you thought of this episode and and Tala, where do they find you?
2: Um, oh, like, hopefully nowhere. I'm trying to hide from the world. But uh, I, I'm, I'm at I'm at Tala Ash with an E on Twitter and Instagram sometimes. I'm there uh, and,
0: yeah, and she's there she's wonderful if you have a chance to see her perform in deep blue sound please go do that um, and as for me you know where to find me also I'm on this week's Wait Wait Don't Tell Me so ch- tune into that if you want to hear I love listening um, to you on
2: that by the way oh, love saying it's so, so great
0: thank you thank you um, and uh, Faith the Nation will be coming back to you on Thursdays of course as always we have such an excellent episode cooked up for you this week and also you can go to patreon.com slash Nagin to support the show. I want to thank everyone who makes this show a possibility. That's our wonderful producer, Andrew McGuire. Our fantastic theme music was written by Gabby Alter. Thanks to everyone at Headgum who makes the show happen. And folks, if you need to contact me with any ideas, we are at fake the nation podcast at gmail.com. Again, that's fake the nation podcast at gmail.com. And uh, we are cooking up another series of recaps. Um, so get your votes in for what you want to see next. I have a very, I have like a decent idea of what's going to come next, but I'm still open to ideas. So fake the nation podcast at gmail.com. And I'm so uh, excited to be back in your earballs on Thursday. That was
3: a hit gum podcast.